Well, I've been thinking about and praying about this Eastertide season that we entered just a few short weeks ago. I've learned that I've been looking ahead, thinking about the importance of having a solid foundation, especially as we continue to prepare for our future, and maybe even more specifically, continue to prepare ourselves for our our new pastor, Michael Wilkerson, who's going to be coming uh, toward the end of June, of course, early in July. Accordingly, then, what came to me the other day was, it's time. Friends, it's time that we once again become kingdom builders. So exactly what is a kingdom builder? What does a kingdom builder build? In other words, whose kingdom are they building? How do they build? Where do they build? And more importantly, why do they build a kingdom? Today's reading comes to us from the book of Acts chapter 5. And the heading here simply says, The Apostles Heal Many. Chapter 5, beginning with verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were done among the people through the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's portico, also known as Solomon's porch. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people there held them in high esteem. Yet more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, great numbers of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he came by. A great number of people would also gather from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all cured of their diseases. So ends today's reading. So exactly what is a kingdom builder? What does a kingdom builder build? How and where do they build? And more importantly, why do they build a kingdom? Well, it's no surprise, but our dog Brownie is an excellent example of a kingdom builder of sorts. Brownie builds his little bed kingdom each night before he finally settles down to sleep. He roots around and he pushes his favorite blue blanket into place as he shapes and forms a kind of a blob or you might even say a border of rolled material in and around and through his bed. Now, it doesn't appear that he's following some well-thought-out schematic or design. No, he just does it. He builds his nighttime kingdom, so to speak. Now, even when Brownie's on the living room sofa, he will bunch up a small lap blanket, push it around with his nose, and he often will rearrange pillows into, into a kind of a nest before he just plops down suddenly into his comfy little kingdom, only to fade away into his doggy dreams. Yeah, even our dog Brownie knows it takes a plan, It takes dedication and a bit of dog-inspired elbow grease in order to build a kingdom. Well, starting with today, I think it's fair to say that we have things to repair, things to renew and rebuild in order to effectively and faithfully rethink and recreate what God is calling us to do at Yuma First. I want to read that again because that 
group of sentences, that short paragraph, really is the crux of what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. Today I'm starting a new sermon series called Kingdom Builders. Let me read it again. Starting today, I think it's fair to say, we have things to repair, renew, and rebuild in order to effectively and faithfully rethink and recreate what God is calling us to do at Yuma First. Indeed, as we claim our role as kingdom builders, the previously named named items above regarding renewal, recreating, and rethinking, those things become essential considerations to living the resurrected life God fully expects of us. So it makes sense to me that as people who believe God is alive and well, we are both called and we are empowered to be kingdom builders. The prophet Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 43, Forget the former things, says the Lord. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Now by now, you might remember that we're continuing on in the book of Acts. The young church, after learning how to care for itself and keep people fed, which is part of what we talked about last week, That young church is now intentionally branching out into the world around them. They're actively seeking to do God's work by building God's kingdom on earth, noticeably, I might add, starting with their immediate surroundings. Solomon's portico, or Solomon's porch. And by the way, I'd love to tell you more about Solomon's portico, but we're going to talk much more about that location and what it meant. We're going to be talking more about that next week. In my view, this fifth chapter of Acts is the next turning point in the early stages and formation of the young church in Jerusalem. But I really doubt that there's some well-thought-out strategic plan or schematic being followed at this early point in their development. Especially as you look again at verse 15, it appears that just by showing up and being out and about in the community, people see Peter and his comrades as a significant group of game-changers, as people they can count on to make a real difference, not just in the world in general, but in their personal lives. Let's look at verse 15 again. They even carried out the sick into the streets, and they laid them on cots and mats in order that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. You know, I can hear them now. Quick, help me get outside because Peter the Galilean is walking by the front of our house. I'm just telling you that guy is some kind of awesome, powerful healer. And you know what? I don't know where he gets his power and I don't care. But I do know this. I want to be around him and I want to be near his friends. Those guys are making a real difference in people's lives. Indeed, there was quite obviously something awesome, holy, and powerful about Peter and his once motley crew. They were seen by many as God's emissaries to a broken and hurting world. They were seen as God's messengers bringing about healing and wholeness. They were clearly seen as givers, not takers, which was 
somewhat of a new experience for the masses seeking to be loved and finally seeking to be heard and seeking to be noticed. In short, Peter and his missionary friends, the young faith community we call the church in our day, had finally become kingdom builders. In fact, and it's not mentioned by a whole lot of people, the very next next section in Acts chapter 5 is about the fierce opposition that broke out against the young faith community simply because the then-organized church authorities of the church in that day could see once again they were about to lose their constituents to this band of Jesus freaks. They knew their financial supporters would no longer go to the money changers at the temple to launder their money, seeking a quick forgiveness fix at the temple gates. They were fearful, and they had cause to be afraid. Their constituency would soon be found with Peter and his friends, traveling the countryside in VW buses with flowers and peace symbols painted on the doors. Indeed, this latent silliness, probably left over from the Jesus movement, would have to stop. And as upstanding church leaders, they could not follow their they could not allow their faithful followers to be to be deceived by these dreamers. I can just imagine the angry church leaders saying to one another, in a meeting, of course, that they called, We thought we dealt with all this nonsense when we executed that Jesus guy from Nazareth. Now look at them. We've got to stop all this healing and wholeness stuff and put an end to these dreamers who actually think they can change the world. These farm boy fishermen from Galilee, no less. And so the story goes. Friends, without question, the young, newly formed faith community, with Peter, the Galilean fisherman, as their fearless leader, had become game changers. They would now be found out and about in the world, in the communities each day, finding new ways to become the kingdom builders that God had commanded them to be. So what does all this have to do with Yuma First in downtown Yuma being kingdom builders? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about Yuma First being so well known in the community as a, as a positive healing force that people just wanted to be around us? Have you ever thought about Yuma First being so well known in the community as a positive healing force that people just wanted to be near us? They wanted to be a part of us? They wanted to be on our team? Just so our God-given, hear me again, just so our God-given godliness, holiness, and healing power just might rub off on them if they joined us? Have you ever thought about Yuma First United Methodist Church in downtown Yuma being well-known in our community as kingdom builders? Well, I got news for you, because we are already among the first churches in the Yuma area that the community leaders turn to when they need help with something. So what is a kingdom builder? What does a kingdom builder build? More importantly, why do kingdom builders build a kingdom? 
In his Easter meditation entitled Christ Rising, Christoph Frederick Blumhart writes about the differences our new lives can make when we allow the risen Christ to direct our path into God's kingdom around us. This is what he writes. The new life means that forces for life can now be seen within you, that something of God and of heaven, something holy, can grow in you. The new life means that we can actually see that it is no longer the sinful desires that have power, but Christ's resurrection and his life lead you toward holiness. What is God's kingdom anyway? Certainly not Christian causes or institutions. God's kingdom is the power of God. God's kingdom is the rulership of God. God's kingdom is the revelation of the divine life here on earth. The birth of new hearts. The birth of new minds. The birth of new feelings. The birth of new possibilities. All of this is God's kingdom. Friends, hear me please. Just as the two disciples on the road to Emmaus broke bread with their Savior and Lord, you and I will share in Holy Communion this week. We will be fed, we will be energized, we will be strengthened, we will be recreated, we will be renewed. All of this is so that we can go out and continue to build God's kingdom that awaits for us. Remember, to be a companion in Christ means to break bread and to share a meal so that we can continue to cast God's shadow all over Yuma and wherever God leads us to build his kingdom. So grab your tool belt, put on your work clothes, hand over your Home Depot gift cards, because friends, it's time to become the kingdom builders God has commanded us to be. So may it be. Amen and amen.